It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are blessed to be with the Progress House today, and we are broadcasting in front of this live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much for the love and the support and for uh, hosting the Adam Ritz Show. We have with us our guest is the executive director of the Progress House. This is Dennis Bender. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Great. Thanks for coming. I, I can't thank you enough for being on the show in front of the live audience. Tell us real quick, uh, what is the Progress House? Uh, Progress House is a 75-bed uh, facility for men. Uh, many are indigent. Uh, alcohol and drug addictions uh, come to us from all walks of life, all different demographics. And they come there. It's structured, supportive, sober living. And they stay there for extended periods of time, and they get better. And they get better with uh, alcohol addiction problems. It's a recovery house. Um, your connection to the Progress House as executive director, um, what does uh, the Progress House mean to you in your heart? Well, it, it's, it's, it started out as a job. It became part of my life pretty much. And, uh, you know, I had my own issues many years ago. November 1990, uh, I was uh, pulled over by some officers, and I asked them why they were pulling me over because I was on my way to watch Monday Night Football. And they said, hey, buddy, this is Tuesday. And uh, that <laughs> sort of started, uh, started my involvement and interest in recovery. Okay. So uh, sober now how many years? 23. All right. Let's have a round of applause. 23 years sober. That is fantastic. And, uh, and how long have you been with the Progress House? Uh, 12 years, August. 12 years. And so you've, I was talking to you off mic before about some success stories that have come across your desk, and you were like, oh, my gosh, there's too many to mention. Um, maybe talk about, now that you've had a few minutes to think about it, do some of those success stories pop into your head? We can talk about a guy coming in at the end of his rope, rock bottom, spent some time at the Progress House, and now what is he doing today? Uh, again, there's, there's quite a few to pick from. I mean, some went on to uh, accomplish uh, graduate degrees. Uh, some went on, and, and some, you know, maybe academically didn't do those things, but some have been working and supporting the community and their families for 10 years or plus. And, and those are as great a success as someone that went on to medical or dental school or whatever else. Um, many, many of those men that came through there uh, turned their life around. Uh, it, it's behavioral modification in the sense that it, it's a daily routine, getting out of the old habits, picking up the new habits, and learning to do those one day at a time. It, you know, behavior changes are tough, and uh, they don't come easy. And that's why, you know, uh, initially we had guys that stay there a year, two years, uh, somebody in the back there, two and a half years. Um, so, um, you know, now we're more structured. We have a, a new program called a three-quarter house. And uh, after men have a progress house for six months, they go to a, a less restricted um, structure, and they, they stay there and maybe for another six to six months to a year. Well, we support addiction and recovery awareness. We uh, thank you for your hard work. For more information, wherever you are listening, uh, go to progresshouse.org to learn about addiction and recovery and more about Progress House if you'd like to be involved. Dennis, we can't thank you enough thank you, Adam. for coming Appreciate on the show. And I want to thank uh, everybody here today. Thank you. One more round of applause. Thank you so much for hosting the Adam Ritz Show today.
And I want to make sure we get all the information out there for this year's annual Jim Malarney Memorial Golf Outing with the Progress House. Last year's golf outing raised about $55,000. So we're hoping to see more of you uh, out this year. It's Tuesday, June 9th at Eagle Creek Sycamore Course. Again, more information at their website, progresshouse.org. The Progress House been around 53 years, providing transitional housing, counseling, and a sober living environment for men with a history of addiction and homelessness who are motivated to develop and maintain a responsible, productive, and healthy lifestyle. Progress House strives to be financially self-sufficient and requires each resident to make monetary and or non-monetary contributions. The mission of the Progress House is to empower each of the residents to recover from addiction and re-enter society uh, as a productive citizen. So, again, progresshouse.org. Join us Tuesday, June 9th at Eagle Creek Sycamore. Uh, fantastic golf course. I've been on it before. Love to see you at the annual Jim Malarney Memorial Golf Outing with the Progress House. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. Today, I'm proud. I mean, I'm so proud and happy to be outside the continental United States. We are on the Norwegian Cruise Line getaway in the middle of the Caribbean between St. Martin and St. Thomas. The Adam Rich Show coming to you from, uh, um, actually, it, it's a tropical paradise, and I'm proud to bring on the show as our guest, cruise director here at Norwegian Cruise Lines, the getaway. It's Joel Sanchez. Joel, hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you, Adam, for having me here. I can't thank you enough for your time uh, to talk to us uh, about your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, with the kids on board here. But before we get to that, uh, my knowledge and my point of reference for a cruise director, and I know you've heard this a million times, is um, Julie from The Love Boat. And I'm sure all the guests here on the ship, they think Julie Love Boat. I've seen you on this ship. I haven't seen you hold uh, a clipboard once or do anything that Julie did on that show, The Love Boat. You are you're an entertainer. Is cruise director synonymous with entertainment director? I mean, you are on the stages and entertaining. You are making this fun for everybody. I mean, that's pretty much what it is now. Uh, that's why usually I introduce myself. A lot of people don't know what a cruise director actually does. So a lot of the times I say I'm the director of entertainment as well. But it goes hand in hand with what you just said. It's it's about getting out there, having fun with the guests. Uh, you know, you become a performer, a dancer, a comedian. Uh, I mean, you name it, most of the time we have to do it. And uh, that's that's what it is now. So it's no longer the clipboard holder. And uh, as you can tell, I'm, I am a male. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not, uh, I just would assume cruise director would be, you're the person with the clipboard that tells your guests what time shuffleboard is. And you, I mean, there's 20 stages on this ship and you're on every single stage through the course of the day hosting uh, sexy legs contest for the guys. Uh, and I did say for the guys. Um, and then there's game shows you do. You're, you're dancing. You're hosting 80s retro dance parties. Uh, what's your favorite part of your job? Um, honestly, it's definitely the hosting of the parties. Uh, I mean, that always gets me going. I love seeing everybody out on the dance floor. Uh, having a great time, seeing the smiles on people's faces is definitely the highlight of of my of my job. And uh, I mean, 
I, I feed off the energy of everyone else. So when the energy is nice and high and positive, I am having a fantastic day. And honestly, that's most of the time, every single day of the week, uh, I, I'm getting that, that vibe. And if I'm not getting it, then I'm not doing my job right. So then I always have to uh, tweak things here and there. But uh, for the most part, that's honestly uh, hosting the parties, uh, getting people going is definitely my highlight. Well, the whole world's jealous of you. You've got the job we all want. Cruise director on a, on a ship through the Caribbean. It's Norwegian Cruise Lines. We're on the getaway. Our guest is Joel Sanchez, and we want to talk about your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, one of the greatest charities uh, in the world, and your kids, the Make-A-Wish kids that get on board. Uh, you see to it that they have a good time. What can you tell us about that? Absolutely. I mean, uh, as you said, we try to make make them feel as special as possible. Um, and there's a few things that we actually do. They, our Make-A-Wish kids do get options of what they would prefer to do. So we, we give them a full list, and especially on my side for the entertainment side, uh, a lot of different options that they do receive. Uh, you know, a lot of kids sometimes aspire to be performers, actors, uh, singers, and dancers. So some of the things that really, really kind of stand out, uh, we have some great world-class entertainment here on board, uh, such as Burn the Floor, Legally Blonde, the musical. And what we do is actually have the kids, uh, once they watch the show, show they can stay after and they get to meet all the cast members they get to take a, a photo with just themselves with all the cast members in costume which is really really unique there's only a handful of individuals who actually get that kind of an opportunity and we always extend that to our make-a-wish uh, kids and uh, you can tell in their face how happy and how excited they do get when they have that opportunity and that actually expands not only from our shows uh, as I mentioned Burn the Floor Legally Blonde but we also have our Illusionarium show here on board where they can get a chance to meet all the magicians as well and uh, it, it's really really a very unique experience. Seeing a smile on a kid's face warms your heart. Seeing a smile on a Make-A-Wish kid's face is, uh, there's nothing better than that. And you were telling me about the uh, tie-in with Nickelodeon, this ship, the uh, the kids area, the, the kids swimming pool, like, I don't know what you call that, the water play area, the water park. Um, there's SpongeBob and Patrick Starfish is out there. Um, first of all, just curious, what's the tie-in between Nickelodeon and Norwegian Cruise Line? Well, Norwegian, and, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line and Nickelodeon has partnered up just to bring a, a different experience on the high seas and uh and it is it's it's absolutely amazing we have some great nickelodeon events programming that's available to all our kids out there and uh even for our make-a-wish uh families that do come on board we do give them an, an additional extra event so a lot of times we have some events known as uh nickelodeon uh poolside nick live poolside and uh a kid will get slimed up in front of everyone and uh most of the time to be it is awesome right you've seen it on tv before so we make it happen here uh on the cruise ship and um out of you know sometimes you have four or five hundred kids out there to get selected but we always make sure that our make-a-wish kid gets selected and if they're not they're not into being in front of that big crowd well then we do a private sliming for them where we bring that that uh exact event to just them, to the family that uh, that they're there with, of course, and uh, and it's a unique experience. So they get slimed uh, on their own. They get the pictures uh, and the memories to go along with that. And uh, you know, if they have some, as you mentioned, SpongeBob or Patrick, or you know, we have uh, Dora and Diego. If if any of these characters are their favorite characters, we'll make sure that either 
they get woken up one day, one morning by their favorite character, kind oh, of just stop cool. stopping by uh, their stateroom, or they have a private meet and greet where they could, uh, you know, just take some great photos and uh, have that type of experience. How, now, wait a minute. You're telling me that the, the SpongeBob uh, mascot, the character, that giant square outfit can fit through the hallways and through a doorway of a stateroom here? <laughs> Believe it or not, we've made it happen. Uh, yes, he does walk sideways, <laughs> but uh, we find one way or another to make it happen. That's fantastic. Uh, the work with Make-A-Wish. Uh, if you know a Make-A-Wish family, uh, look into NorwegianCruiseLines.com. It's probably, I think it's NCL.com because um, this put a smile on anybody's face, especially a Make-A-Wish kid. And also disaster relief that Norwegian Cruise Lines works with. You were mentioning Katrina and some of the tsunamis around the world. I mean, you're obviously involved with the high seas and uh, NCL, Norwegian Cruise Lines, has uh, funding for those kind of uh, efforts as well. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen a, a lot of of times when uh, disasters do strike, uh, the company will send out memos uh, fleet-wide just mentioning, especially to all the families that are affected, which a lot of our, a lot of where the tsunamis usually hits, a lot of our crew members are, are from uh, heavily from the Philippines, Indonesia, uh, so forth and so on. So they will always send out memos letting, uh, letting passing along the information as to what was donated of course our condolences to the families that were uh, directly affected but i have i've I have been thoroughly impressed on the amount of support that the company does uh, provide to the crew members especially uh, for the family members that are back home we love meeting companies that get involved and make this uh, planet a better place, and Norwegian Cruise Lines is one of them. Joel Sanchez is our guest, cruise director here on the Getaway, one of the ships of the uh, NCL, Norwegian Cruise Lines um, fleet. And uh, before I let you go, I want to just have some curious questions from being on this ship. Sure. Uh, when we're in the middle of the deep blue sea, how deep is the water? Uh, I mean, at times, uh, I've heard up to fifteen to 25,000 feet. Oh, my gosh. So it's uh, no no deep diving right here yeah. for you. <laughs> um, okay, I saw a couple service dogs. Uh, when we're uh, a day at sea and we're nowhere near a tree, where do these service dogs go? Yeah, we have, uh, they, they're funny <laughs> enough, I mean, uh, we do have special uh, containers and boxes that are available for them uh, near their stateroom. They're kept in uh, in crew only area of course you don't want to see that kind of hanging around in uh, in our guest corridors uh but the guests are aware of where they can take the dogs and uh i mean for the most part these dogs are very well trained so they will not go unless they're in a, a special uh box per se uh if you may but we do have uh we do have it for them okay all right <laughs> Uh, how long are you on this ship, and when you get off of it, where do you go on vacation? So my contracts are four months on, four months on board, and then two months off. Uh, so it's not a bad gig, you know, yeah. being able to kick back, relax for uh, eight weeks, not doing anything. Yes. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. And back home is New Jersey, North Jersey for me. So on vacation, you work in the Caribbean, and on vacation, you go to Jersey. That's right. That's, that's my vacation, <laughs> funny enough, right? <laughs> well, you're an entertainer as well as cruise director. Director, I can see you going somewhere in Hollywood or in the music industry. You dance, great. Uh, is there a personal digital profile that our listeners can look at for you, a Facebook or Twitter that you like to push out? Well, I'm, I am on uh, Facebook, uh, Joel Sanchez or Jersey Boy. That, uh, that's my uh, synonymous nickname here on board. Uh, so definitely uh, you could uh, follow me on there. Love to uh, always love getting new followers and uh, just putting out information. It's uh, The industry is enormous and you know, hopefully we'll see where, where I go from here. Well, you've made my trip on this ship a lot of fun, and we thank you also uh, for your work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and for disaster relief. It's Joel Sanchez. Thank you so much for your time. Adam, thank you for having me. It was great. 
Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. We'll file this uh, conversation under inspiration and uh, leadership from a motivational speaker, Josh Sunquist is our guest now. Hi, Josh. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's just an honor to have you on my show. I, I know who you are. I've known who you are. You're a celebrity, uh, both inside the arena of inspiration and outside, just from uh, virality and social media and pictures and your own YouTube channel. Um, I've read online that you're uh, a motivational speaker, a YouTuber, um, a cancer survivor, a Paralympic is that right? A Paralympian? Yeah, yeah. Para, yeah, I went to the Paralympics in 2006 as a ski racer. Okay, so for our li- this isn't television. I guess we should describe for our listeners. You <laughs> are uh, the, probably the world's most famous one-legged man. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. There's there's a couple uh, a couple of, you know, well yeah I'm working on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean among amputees. Um, yeah, I guess there's not a lot of us out there, huh? Yeah. Well, but yes, for, yeah, for the listeners who, uh, who cannot visually see me, yeah, I have, I have one leg. I'm missing my left leg. I lost it to cancer as a child. And, I mean, you're a young guy right now. How old are you? Uh, just turned 30. Just starting your 30s. Young guy. Um, I mean, you look younger than that. I mean, you look well, like you're you. still a teenager. <laughs> uh, full of energy, full of life, lost your leg to cancer, and now I guess... You're making the best of it. I mean, I read online uh, something about you. Was it your quote that said that when life gives you lemons, you make the world's greatest Halloween costumes? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, or yeah, when, uh, yeah. When when life gives you lemons, make awesome Halloween costumes. There you go. So yeah, that's been so, my life motto. <laughs> for our listeners, if you don't know who Josh Sunquist is, once we describe this next phase of this in- interview, you'll know exactly who this is. Um, you're probably the most famous not famous person alive because everybody on planet earth has seen your halloween costumes yeah that that might be true yeah and it's funny because yeah obviously being costumes a lot of times my face is covered or whatever and uh so yeah sometimes people will come up to me because it it's obvious i'm an amputee you know people be like oh i see you're an amputee you know people always want to talk to amputees for i don't know why but people always come up like i see you're an amputee have you ever seen that guy on the internet who does these awesome costumes like yeah yeah he's amazing yeah <laughs> his, his stuff is brilliant it is, yeah wow well let's go ahead and go through some of those costumes right now i know uh, our listeners have seen the uh, the flamingo is that the most famous one yeah the flamingo is the the most famous one and the most difficult to describe uh by, by speech you kind of have to see it uh, but yeah because when i tell people I, I was a flamingo you know they imagine oh like i was just standing on one leg but i'm actually doing a crutch handstand and my foot is the flamingo's head and i have like an elf shoe that is painted like a flamingo had uh so yeah so so yeah it, it uh i was surprised myself like i thought like i i was at a zoo one day and i was like that looks kind of like me doing a crutch handstand and uh and then when i saw the photo i was like bam yeah that really does look like a flamingo so that halloween when you were walking around normal you, you didn't look like a flamingo you for pictures you yeah. had to actually do the handstand yeah. to pull off the costume yeah when i was walking around i just looked like a one-legged man in a pink leotard it was <laughs> that was a weird one that was a really strange uh costume in that and you sense. got that idea at the zoo is this yeah. where you get your inspiration just throughout the year when you're, whenever you're someplace and you say, you know what, that might make a good costume? Yeah, you know, like you said, um, I make my living as a motivational speaker and, I, you know, a lot of my speeches, a lot of what I do on stage is, uh, is humor about having one leg, right? Which is something that's obviously not something you'd expect to be funny. And obviously there's a lot of things about having one leg that aren't funny, that are, uh, that are sad and very difficult. But for me, you know, like one of the ways I deal with it is 
through the humor. So in that sense, it's like that's almost part of my job and my mission in life is that I'm always just kind of like looking for uh, sort of humor sides of my situation as a person with a disability. So the sources of the costumes, inspirations can come from anywhere. Yeah, uh, I did a, a leg lamp one year, the leg lamp from Christmas Story. That was uh, my girlfriend suggested that idea. Um, one year I was a partially eaten gingerbread man, and that was just from uh, from Shrek. Remember that character mm-hmm. in, in Shrek? I was yeah. that. And then this past year I was a foosball character, um, at which uh, yeah, just a YouTube viewer suggested that to me to be to be like a foosball man, and uh, and I was like, oh, that's so perfect because like I was just telling you, I actually now play soccer for the U.S. amputee soccer team, and uh, we of course it's not anything like foosball. We like we play on crutches, um, but uh, but it was appropriate for this stage of my life because now I'm, I'm playing on the U.S. team, and so yeah, it's a really, really exciting time for me. That is so cool. Josh Sunquist is our guest. Uh, those. Halloween costumes you just mentioned. We'll picture. Uh, we'll, we'll put links to those pictures on okay. on the website adamritzshow.com. You've got to check these pictures out. And I know our listeners have seen a few, if not all, of these um, uh, costumes that you've had. I, the one that I couldn't find online when I was looking for you was the the pirate costume, which is almost. Too obvious right. with the peg leg, but yes. but I mean that's got to be. Where's that picture at? Well, yeah. So the pirate costume actually, I, I just made that once for a video. It wasn't even related oh, wasn't Halloween? to Halloween, and so it's sort of it's sort of circulated because people are like yeah are, are like oh he dressed as a pirate once too. But like you said, that's that's very insightful of you. Yeah, I try to avoid costumes that are like too on too the obvious. nose, or it's just yeah because people are always like why don't you be a pirate or be like a shark attack victim or a zombie. Yeah. But like to me, yeah, it's like yeah that's that's obvious. I'm not trying to make a joke out of actual limb loss i'm trying to think of like okay this is the way my body is shaped now like what sort of a creative thing i can do with that and so that's what i usually try to do with the costumes so what's on the horizon anything uh stewing in the back of your mind for the next halloween uh, i've got a lot of ideas um you know it's like a lot of things you know i think this the shape could work or that shape could work but i'm kind of curious to see you know in the next year like what is there some big pop culture event that i can like reference with the costume or some major uh you know brand or whatever that I can <laughs> emulate. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, but, uh, yeah, I always have, like, a running list of just, like, tons and tons of things that I think I might be able to do. And you said somebody suggested on YouTube um, one of the costumes. So yeah. you, you have fans, t- I mean, tweets, YouTube suggestions, I, I mean, just pouring in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and no, the foosball one, and I, I yeah, I couldn't believe that I'd never that one had never occurred to me because it was just it was like when they said that it was so obvious. It's like because foosball players, uh, you know, they always have that like mono leg, yeah. And uh, and I was just like, oh, that's just such a perfect costume. Um, so yeah, so that was at uh, for YouTube. We have a big like conference every summer called VidCon, and so that was actually yeah at VidCon. I was talking to people about what costume ideas they had. Someone suggested that, and I was like, oh, that, that's a good. What that's is your YouTube story. channel? It's uh, youtube.com slash Josh Sunquist. Okay. So just my name. Well, let's talk uh, soccer real quick. Yeah. Uh, you're on the national team. Um, how did you get, I guess, invited to play, or was there a tryout, or um, how far around the globe do you travel? Yeah, so the U.S. amputee team has not been historically very good. Um, a, a lot of that is because, you know, relative to other nations, soccer is just not as big a sport here. So um, we have not, the, the amputee team has not been to the amputee World Cup in 10 years. So this is actually like a pretty big deal for us that we finally got enough good players and, and gotten funding. Uh, Budweiser is our sponsor now. And so, yeah, so we'll be sending, a, so yeah, we had, we had tryouts last summer and, uh, and I made the 
the team, and uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be headed down. So our first, it's just similar to the FIFA World Cup. It's uh, you know, there's a the first round, like the knockout round. So our first round is uh, Japan, Turkey, and Iran. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully, we'll be one of the top two, and then we'll advance to the tournament from there. And forgive my really probably stupid questions here. Um, but to qualify to be a competitor for the amputee team, yeah. I mean, does it have to be a leg? I mean, yeah, I, no, I no, wouldn't no, imagine a, that, a, a really that an arm question. would count. Yeah, no, in, in, in that sense, I find it a very funny sport. Like, almost, it almost seems like someone made it up as a joke because, uh, like, the field players have to be on crutches and have one leg, and the keepers have to have one arm. So it's like you, you oh, kind of, yeah. yeah, you kind of think like somebody was like drunk or something. It was like <laughs> this would be funny. What if people who had to catch the ball were missing an arm, and the people who had to kick the ball were missing, missing a, leg, a leg, and then somehow that's that became actual amputee soccer. So that yeah, so that sense. yeah, so uh, so yeah, so I guess it, in some, in a sense, it's like people are um, sort of having to compensate for their disability in their position on the field. Okay, so it, what's the digital property for for that team? Is there a oh, website? Oh, oh, yeah, geez, I should probably know. I, th I think it's ampsoccerusa.org or something. We can just Google yeah, can U.S. Google amputee soccer and, yeah. and follow the team. And, and um, it's like a professional, I mean, you're a professional athlete as well now. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we get some pretty sweet jerseys and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, before I let you go, I want to talk about your motivational speaking. Yeah. Um, when did that start? How did that start? How often are you speaking? Yeah, I started speaking, uh, actually just doing like fundraising speeches for my hospital. And then uh, when I started ski racing in high school, I started speaking a lot more and people started paying me for it. And that's sort of how I funded my, my ski racing. And then I just kept speaking and eventually it became my job. So yeah, that's what I do now professionally. Just give speeches at um, conferences, conventions, corporations, schools, pretty much anybody who will listen to me talk. And what are the, what's the reaction like from the people in the audience? Both at the event, just after the event, and then through Twitter and social media later. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's really, really gratifying to have a positive reaction. You know, I think I don't, I don't think of myself as a, you know, a guru on life or anything. Like I'm more of just a storyteller, right? So I'm, I'm going up and I'm sharing my stories, my, my funny stories, but also like you know, the, the hard things I've been through. And I think that, um, you know, as human beings, we're wired for a story, right? And so people can naturally relate. And you know, most of the people in the audience aren't missing a limb, but everybody's missing something. And so I think they naturally are able to, in their own mind, make a metaphor for their life um, that relates to, to my story. And, and that's where the message comes from. I have to ask you, uh, you bring up comedy and funny stories. Give me a funny story. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I think... Um I guess my favorite kind of things are are, are the the questions that people ask me that are just that just make no sense and this is like <laughs> on a really regular basis like uh, I had this girl one time when I was wearing my artificial leg right now I'm not wearing my leg but uh, I was wearing my prosthesis and uh, this girl was asking me about how it works and what it's made out of and stuff and and she looks down at the prosthesis and she's like oh well is the foot fake too. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Like, and she was, she was like a teenager. This wasn't like a child or yeah. something. Yeah. And I was like, uh, but yeah, I was, I was sarcastic with her, but I, I, she didn't even realize I was being sarcastic. I was like, oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that like the doctors actually took my real like live foot and attached it to the end of my artificial leg. She was like, wow, that's, that's like really amazing. And that was, is a great story. Yeah. You, I, you probably had the craziest conversations. Oh, my gosh. So many weird things. Yeah. Like I said, it's just something about having an obvious disability gives 
people or certain types of people license in their mind just like I think I'm going to come up and ask this guy about his personal medical history well and you throw in the fact that you're you're a young good looking guy with with punk rock star hair I mean you're <laughs> you're uh, you're pretty no- noticeable when you're walking through a city yeah I guess that's true um, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and yeah and of course now you know these days like people because I, I do look young people often assume I lost my leg in Iraq um, and that is uh and that is also actually pretty awkward in a sense that people will come up to me and be like, thank you for your service to America. Like they don't, there's no preamble. They just assume I like, and I, and I feel so bad because I'm like, I don't want to take credit for like the You're actual right. heroism of people who have lost limbs. But yeah, also I, I know if I tell them I had cancer, it's just, it's such a letdown. They're like, oh man, like I thought you were this hero and well, it's and just it's, cancer. It make them feel worse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then they feel bad. You're like, oh, cancer. That's not very patriotic. Maybe there's a way you can... Become an honorary member of the military somehow. Go do go overseas. Get on an aircraft carrier. Give a motivational speech. They put a they give you a military jacket and yeah. you're an honorary member. And then yeah, uh, that I problem should, yeah. goes away. I should do yeah one of one of those like tours of uh, you know uh, where they send like performers U- or whatever. USO and then yeah, and then I could at least be like, well, you know, I had, I had cancer, but I have done the USO, so I've met some uh, some people you know who are true heroes. Or well, in yeah, addition to your resume, which is unbelievably monstrous, you are now also an author. Yeah. Um, you've got a new book out. Tell us about the book. And it's called We Should Hang Out Sometime. It is a memoir of my dating disasters <laughs> as uh, mostly as a teenager, but like middle school, high school, college. And basically when I was about 25, I had never had a girlfriend. And I was like, because but I've been trying to like date people. And I, I was like, why has this never worked? And so I literally um, went back and, and sort of tracked down like these girls I tried to date in middle school, high school, college, like to talk to them and be like, why did you not like me? And so the book is 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 sort of the stories of those awkward uh, dating problems that I had, but then also the investigation that followed, and and ultimately I. Uh, this is, I guess, the ultimate spoiler, but ultimately I, I, I did learn some stuff about myself and, and meet a girl, and we just got engaged about two months ago. Fantastic. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank Thank you that's awesome. Yeah. Josh Sunquist, the most famous person you don't know you already know. It's just a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Josh. Yeah, thanks for talking to me, and I uh, appreciate you introducing yourself. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.